0: This week on three questions by Corey Kareem. So I would say yes, 18 year old self, really hone in on what is your DNA, what is pulsing through your DNA, what is pulsing through your veins, what is it that you are wired for the best?
1: Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem, the show where we sit down with some amazing people who are doing some amazing things. And you guessed it, we asked them three questions, not about their successes, though, but rather about their failures. But we unpack uh, the lessons that they've learned from those uh, specific experiences. So uh, on today's show, uh, we have a, a good guest, a good, a good friend of mine, I should say, uh, goes by the name of Jamar McNeil, a.k.a. Jane Nice. Uh, he is the co-host of the Marilyn Dennis and Jamar Morning Show on Toronto's own Chum FM 104.5. Uh, Jamar previously hosted daily shows on several of America's biggest top 40 stations, including Hot 995 DC, 965 Kiss Cleveland, Y100 Miami and Chicago's B96 FM. Uh, Jamar also runs Jamar's House Party from 8 to 10 p.m. every Friday on iHeartRadio and also live on Twitch and, I believe, Instagram. And Jamar, my favorite fact about Jamar, he's he's a native New Yorker, y'all. And he's from far Rockaway, Queens, and he's Jamaican. So if I had some horns, I'd let it fly (laughs) right now, but I don't. So. (laughs)
0: i love that that's your favorite fact because those are my favorite things about me too because i love my city (laughs) that's what's up yeah
1: well jamar man welcome to the show my brother thank you for for showing up
0: yo thank you for uh you know you you teed up your opening with uh something about amazing people i was like oh i think i'm on the wrong zoom um But if that if I'm in the right place, I appreciate that if I'm considered uh, to be among people that you you really like i i because I, I consider you a friend and a good dude too thank you.
1: No worries, man. So let me ask you a quick question. I always ask people this that have a lot of accolades like like yourself. How does it feel when someone's just rhyming them off like that do do you ever be like damn, are they talking about me or are you like, yeah, that's right that's I did all that is it or is it a combination of both
0: um it you know what it's always like I think my problem is I've and, you know, I've, I've talked to and um, not to get too deep too quickly, but I've talked to a therapist about this, mm-hmm. about like our internal narration mm-hmm. of ourselves and, and our story. And like, well, I, I know all those th- everything you said, like I tell most of those things in my head, it, you know, but my narrator voice sounds different than yours. I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I used to work in D.C. and I worked in Miami for a while. And yeah, then I was in Chicago for 10 years. And then I like, but yours is like, what? I'm like, oh, so the narration is a little different in my head, but um, yeah. said by someone like yourself, the way you say it, 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 it is a, a good feeling. And it is, a, it's nice to be acknowledged. I appreciate that, man.
1: No worries, man. Well, kudos to you for hitting all those benchmarks. Um, so let's get into it. We're going to ask you three questions and we're going right. to, the focus of my show is always about failure and more importantly to unpack. Uh, the lessons that you learn from those experiences, whether you want to call them failure or not. I know some people don't, it's, it's totally up to you. Um, So as a seasoned media personality, uh, uh, specifically, excuse me, in the radio industry, uh, what's been your biggest failure to date? What did you learn from it? And tell me about that moment in time.
0: I've had a very, i've had an interesting career i I think timing has actually worked out for me a lot of times so it's hard for me to locate specific moments of failure because a lot of times people um they make failure um they 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 look at it like numbers and money and you know how long have i been employed and how long have i been on the bench waiting for a gig and um a lot of those moments actually worked out for me where like timing has always been good like you know Mm -hmm. Right around the time where I was trying to, you know, I was at a, a job and I was saying, hey, I don't know where the path to the next level in this place is. Something else has opened up for me or I was able to um, create another situation very, very quickly. So I, did, I have never really measured failure, if we're going to use that word since it's the topic of your podcast. I haven't, I haven't been able to measure failure in those terms because I've been um, in, in pretty good positions. So those metrics for failure aren't things that really are uh, part of my story. I think the failures for me have been when I look back on maybe the way I, I may have done business or maybe the way my attitude was in certain situations. And I'm thinking if I had maybe handled that business a little differently, or if my attitude had been a little different, maybe this would have turned out different. Um, you know, I'll look back on, you know, we'll take one of my stops, um, working in Miami and I worked at a legendary, legendary radio station. If you say the word Y one hundred in Miami, everyone's just like, whoa, like it's it's that radio station. The station. Know? Okay. Yeah, okay. it's the station and it's like heritage. Um, they got big heritage events. All the biggest artists come through there. They're the ones that break records. It's the sound of the city. Um, but you know, when I got to Miami, it was like I would say my first really major market like kind of on the big stage doing my thing job before then you know i'd started my career working in washington dc but i was doing weekends Mm -hmm. you know that was a major market but i was you know the friday and excuse me the saturday night and sunday night guy um then after that i was working in cleveland um which is a medium-sized market i had my own show but miami is like miami so you know it comes with all those miami things like the nightlife and the And, you know, you've got all the paparazzi and the stars and I mean, the women women, and they got I mean, they got a place there called Star Island, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it was that type of situation. So this was like my first big league kind of situation. And, you know, at the time when I got to Miami, I had really built a really good network in radio of people who I knew who were like other radio personalities, producers and stuff. And we all kind of share information Mm -hmm. And we all exchange uh, ideas and it's like an it's almost like a click. But I had gotten to this mind frame by the time I got there that I needed to be perfect. Mm. I needed to be perfect and I needed to be like Mr. Radio. Like, you know, when I talk about uh, artist fact or something or, or song uh, or whatever it is, it's got to be perfect. In my head, I'd be like, oh, how would Seacrest say this? You know, like I, you know, I'd say things like that in my head. Like, how would this person do this? And I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't be perfect. And it would really drive me crazy. Mm. And I think it made me a little bit hard to work with. And you know, I think about people who I'm friends with still to this day that I met in, in that situation in Miami. But when I was around them, it was just probably hard to work with me because I was always my, in my head, I had a bad attitude and I was just so upset that I couldn't get things perfectly.
1: Give me like, give me like an example. Like, what would you do? That was like, like, how would you rub someone the wrong way or something? For
0: example. All right. Let's say you're my producer, Corey, Mm -hmm. and you're in the studio with me. And, you know, I'm like, you know, Miami's number one hit music channel. y 100? And I'm talking, talking. And, you know, we have a thing in radio where we call, we call it hitting the post. Mm-hmm. And that term means when you stop talking right at the moment where the artist starts singing. Mm-hmm. It's like you talk right up until the moment where Kelly Clarkson's like, ah, you know, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I would try to hit the post all the time. Sometimes I'd do it, sometimes I wouldn't. And I'd get angry at myself. And, you know, when I turned the mic off when the break was done, maybe I'd turn around and I'd throw something. <laughs> like, or maybe I'd turn around and I'd punch a, a file cabinet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that was probably not, you know, I probably still have a scar from one of those right here. Um, that's not a great working environment. You know what I'm saying? I would, I would get so riled up about being perfect. And then I'd get in my head and then it just became a constant narrative in my head. You know, even just walking around I'd be like, why am I not? I was probably really high, strung and hard to be around. Mm. And I'm sure at some point someone was like, what is up with that guy? Mm. <laughs> you know, um, and that's a failure that's a failure on my part. That's a failure of my attitude. That's a failure of the people, you know, failing the people around me who are probably looking at to me as a leader or as someone, you know, somewhat hopefully aspirational, like, Hey, maybe I could do what he does someday. Like if I'm acting like that, that's crazy. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: Right. So how did you, how did you like rectify that? How did you correct that kind of mental kind of block you had at that time?
0: Yeah. You know what? Um, I, you know, with some advice from people, um, some therapy, some also some just self-reflection. And, mm. you know, in, in radio, they call us radio personalities because a lot of what you do is you're you're selling your personality. Your personality is the product because we're all talking about the same news. We're all talking about the same gossip, talking, you know, we're introducing the same songs. What makes you different is your personality. And that's why you're a radio personality, not really a disc jockey anymore. Mm. And just really kind of coming from that approach and thinking like, hey, um, it's about me. It's not really about how amazing or great I am. It's about me. So why don't I just make this about me and what makes me different? Mm. And I had to really just kind of get the perfection thing like out, like you don't have to be perfect because you're not perfect. So I'm probably going to have an easier time not being perfect. And making that part of my narrative and my shtick, if you want to call it that, or just even part of my show, the fact that I'm not perfect, like that, I could do that all day. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I could be not perfect all the time. And the more I kind of embrace that and embrace the fact that, um, you know, part of this show I'm doing probably should be about the fact that I'm not perfect and the fact that I mess up and the fact that I don't have it together and the fact that, you know, sometimes I forget, I oversleep, I, you know, all the things that really just make me me, make that the story, make that the thing. And and and, and I think it was just a, a change of attitude.
1: You know what, you hit on a lot of, a lot of key points. there. The first one I'll point out is, when you said, you know, you had this phase in your in your career, where you were focused on perfection, and you kind of became this difficult guy to work with, because everything had to you know, be perfect. It made me think about this quote I heard from this guy. He said, you know, uh, progression, not perfection. You know, it's just how can I get better each day in an incremental way, right? So that's one thing that kind of uh, stood out to me when you were uh, talking there. The second thing is uh, when you're talking about admitting to the fact that you're not perfect. So again, what comes to me is owning it, embracing it. And I think that's a lot of I think that's a, that's a thing that a lot of us miss at certain times in our life, just embracing who we are owning uh, our mess or as um, I think her names, um, what's that news anchor's name? Something Roberts
0: and. Oh, is it Robin Roberts? Yes. Robin Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She she
1: has a a, a class on masterclass and she says, you know, make your mess your message.
0: Yeah. You know? And I I just, Yeah. I've never heard that before but that's that's brilliant what she said make your mess your message and that's that's kind of what I did I just started really thinking about like if I'm going to build you know a personality or I want to say build but at least just portray you know what it is you might as well just make it what it already is you know what I'm saying like you don't have to curate something I mean you can but it I'll have a I'll have more to draw from from natural things that really just are me
1: yeah and you know what um, <laughs> I used to say, and I, th- I and I still believe this to be true. Yeah. I thought Kim Kardashian, Kim K was. Arguably one of the most genius personalities out there in the mm. world. And I'll tell you why. I know a lot mm. of people are like, what, 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 where are you going with this? The reason why I say that is because not to say that she constructed it in this way. I think there was a lot of things that just, just happened for her, but when someone is paid to be themselves,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: that is the most beautiful thing in the world, Man. to me anyways. When you can just get paid to be yourself, however that is, I don't think there's a better job in the world than to, to, to get paid to be yourself. So, I mean,
0: no job is easy, but uh, being paid to be yourself, uh, it, it takes a weight off your shoulder because it means if there's a value to who you are, then I mean, nobody can replace you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because if you want you, if you want this, um, I'm the only one that got this. And, you know, I'm no Kim Kardashian. Yeah, but I would 100 percent tell you that that has really, really been my approach um, for a long time. That like this is it. And if yeah. you want this, um, this is the only it, this is the only it, it doesn't come in any other package. This is it.
1: Right. Right.
0: And uh, and I think that's a good approach. I think that's what people you know, you're capitalizing on your uniqueness and flaws and all capitalizing on your uniqueness. I think Cap- that's what people should do.
1: you hit a right on money capitalizing on your flaws. Right. Because your flaws, you can turn those enterprises as well. Mm. Um, and I think the biggest thing that you get from what we're discussing is is peace, mm. you know, for so, for someone like me and, you know, now in, in their mid 30s, mm. something as simple as. When my face hits my pillow, going to sleep with just peace of mind is a gift to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, that's, a, that's a beautiful place to be when you know where you can just be at peace with who you are, what you're doing, you know, what you have going on in your life. So I think that all comes together when you're being yourself and getting paid to be yourself as well. 100%. Yeah. So going on to question number two, um, as a radio jock who has been the co-host in many major markets across the U.S., what are some of the common mistakes you see other radio personalities make who are in the industry and those who are trying to get into the industry?
0: Okay. Uh, trying to get into the industry, especially in radio, there is no um, formula. Mm. There is no um, perfect path and there is no really like, you know, there. it's not a traditional type of path to success. Whereas like, if you want to be a doctor, you have to go to university. You have to go, get a PhD in something, uh, you know. Um, it, radio is not that way. You don't necessarily have to go to broadcast school. Mm-hmm. You can, and if you do, you'll learn a lot. You'll get a lot of really, really good uh, experience in there, and, you know, you'll spend some money as well, but you'll have, you know, some experience that no one can take away from you. But, you know, radio is kind of like a get-in-where-you-fit-in type of field. And I see a lot of people... Um, A big mistake I see a lot of aspiring radio hosts make is that they think just because they've done X, Y and Z that they are going to get a job or they I don't want to say entitled, but that they probably should get a job. And that's not the case because it, uh, you know, it's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit of lightning in the bottle. It's a little bit of creating a situation for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, It's 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 and I don't want to sound wishy washy. But you kind of have to uh, create your own path into radio. What gives you a better shot is experience. And now someone's asking, how do I get experience? Um, You know, it could be going to radio school, to broadcast school, or it could be starting your own podcast or starting your own show. It could be just getting coffee for a radio host in town where you live. You know, getting some kind of internship, whether it be formal through a university or informal, where you're just, you know, you kind of like end up being their little roadie, <laughs> you know, and, and, and helping them out. And uh, you kind of learn through osmosis where you're just around them all the time and you start understanding their swag and how they do things and how, right. how the business works. Yeah. You have to create a situation. You 100% have to create a situation. What that situation is, I can't necessarily tell you. I could you got to kind of dig into what is going on around you in the business and create situations out after that. But I think one of the biggest mistakes to answer your question is that you're thinking that there is a path and because you've done it this way, you are definitely going to get a job. Another thing is, um, not being willing to move.
1: <laughs> I was just going to ask you about that.
0: Yeah. I mean, small
1: market, like I was going to ask you, so it, would you say like the small market? Cause you also hear like people both in television and radio. Yeah. Yeah. They, they get sent out to Siberia. And I'm using Siberia as like, you know, right. Short sure. town, middle of nowhere to get that experience, to get that exposure and build up their resume. It,
0: it, it's um, it's so just an example for me is like I grew up in New York City in the mm-hmm. most competitive, largest market almost on earth, you know, or in North America, at least, you know right. what I'm saying? So. Um, if you want to get a job at one of the three different radio stations that actually makes sense for you <laughs> in that big in cli- climate where people all over the world
1: mm-hmm.
0: are coming to get jobs, like you do the odds, you're probably not going to get the job. Mm-hmm. Probably. I mean, I not saying it's impossible, but you probably by probability will not get a job there. Right. Um, so you've got to kind of cast a wider net and be open to to going to other cities, you know, just to give you a, a couple more opportunities for employment. You know, I've seen people who are sitting in certain cities and they think just because they're from town that they are going, they deserve a job. They think because I'm from this city and I've been here for like 10, 15 years, I I am city X, I am this city. I am I'm, I'm I know. That's not that's not the case, because, you know, these are high stakes jobs. These are positions. These radio shows bill millions of dollars in ad revenue. The people pulling the strings or the people in charge of those ad dollars are not taking a chance on somebody who they have. I mean, they're doing real calculations about I'm going to pay this person X amount of dollars. They have a track record in these different markets and their numbers and ratings have looked about an average of this. If I pay them this, how much am I going to get back in mm-hmm. revenue? Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's math, it's mathematics. So it's not. I mean, it, 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 sometimes they take chances, but not often. Mm. Um, so you got to figure out a way to 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 show your value, and it might not be in your home city. It could be for some people. I mean, uh, I never I never worked radio in New York City. That's not one of my resume stops. It would have been nice. Um, who knows what the future holds? But you know. I chose to go to different cities and play my hand at, you know, you know, building a resume so that when I want to go where I want to go, I could have a story to tell them and be like, hey, I'm a pretty good bet here.
1: Right. So I have two ups to that. So was there ever a city that you said no to or or is there a city that you would say no to?
0: Yeah, you know what? And that's another thing that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about um, kind of the to, to thine own self be true type of deal. There's certain cities that I just already know just wouldn't work for me just right. because of, you know, per- me as a, as a personality, who I am. You know, I just don't know if me in that city is going to resonate, right. you know, and, and bring results in terms of because, you know, radio is a cultural game. You know, you're playing music, you're you're trying to be part of the city, you're trying to be part of the community. You know, I mean, people are pretty accepting, but, you know, I don't know if this is like yeah, you could, I mean, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, no, no, nothing against any from Alabama. I just don't know if that's like mm-hmm. where I want to be and like, you right. know, what's going to resonate for that city for me. I just don't know if that mix is going to work. So, you know, you kind of have to think in your head, like where, what's going to really work out for me too. where, where does someone like me fit in and, and get the most bang for their buck?
1: Right. And I think that leads me to the the second follow-up was you mentioned, you know, get in where you fit in. And so when people have to you know, trek to these smaller markets in these smaller towns where it might ne- not necessarily be that favorable, you know, how does someone necessarily fit in, in those type of situations? And, you know, are you a, a believer, a proponent in, in code switching? If you know what I mean by Yeah, that?
0: for sure. Um, so getting where you fit in, it's kind of like aligning your goals and just kind of keeping, keeping yourself honest with what you're doing here you know, let's just take the Alabama example yeah. I just used just for ish and giggles. Um, yeah. You know, say I'm trying to, you know, cut my chops in the radio industry and really trying to you know, start making a name for myself. And there's an opportunity in, in say, in Alabama doing like weekends or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, in, in perspective, if my resume is this small or this small, What will this opportunity do for me? Will give me the the uh, the will give me the chance to you know prove that I can get ratings numbers whatever whatever, you know it's really about figuring out what your situation is and what the opportunity could do for you. If it if it gives you a chance to do something, you keep it in perspective and you do it. Mm -hmm. So you go there and like you know this is uh this is not for a short time. It's for a good time. (laughs) You know whatever the the saying is. But you go there with the with the notion that hey this is going to be a stopover in a career I intend to be long. Um, I'm going to come out here, prove myself, um, get my feet wet, get some experience. And in the process, I'm going to be looking for the opportunities other places and you keep it in perspective, you know, um, and that in, in your head, doing that is very important because you'll have moments where you'd be like, what am I doing? It's going to be rough. What am I doing here? I don't fit in here or I don't like this place or I don't like this company or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you're going to need to have that conversation with yourself and that narrative we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm you know, having the narration in your head, like, I know why I'm doing this. I know why I'm here. I know why I took this job. It's not perfect, but there is a mission here that I'm trying to accomplish. And doing that is going to keep you, um, sane and centered. Um, code switching is a really, really interesting topic. You know, even just as a, as a black person, you know, this is something, and a lot of people may not know the term, but code switching is when you kind of change the way you talk, depending on the, uh, environment or people you're around. Um, you know, it's a, it's a debate. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an ongoing debate in the black community because some people say that if you code switch, you're not keeping it real. Um, and I, I don't really have the answer for that. You know, I'm like you said, are in the top of the interview, I'm Jamaican. And, you know, the way I talk around family and friends is completely different than the way I talk at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, if I was Latino, <laughs> you know, it would be pretty acceptable to speak English instead of Spanish because no one would understand me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? so um, if I came to work speaking um, raw chat, patois, Jamaican Patois, every, you know, mm. the word, it would be pretty off putting. It might not be on brand. Um, part of my brand is the fact that I am Jamaican, but you know, it's just not really part of what I'm doing at work right. to, to be the the Jamaican host, you know, I'm a Jamaican American who happens to be on the radio. So I, I think it really just depends on how, how how, you look at it. You know, some people think that, you know, the other part of code switching is like, you know, if you're talking too perfect or trying to appear like you're someone that you're not, Right. Um, there's a debate to be had there. I think it really is something you have to look deep down inside and figure out what, what, what are you doing and why are you doing that?
1: Right. Because and the reason why I, I bring that up and how that all ties in is mm-hmm. that, you know, we were talking at the top of this podcast about pretty much being your authentic self, mm-hmm. you know, like this is who I am, my personality, take me as I am, the good, mm-hmm. the, the bad, the ugly. And I feel like sometimes the reason why people get into a failure type of situation is uh, they can't really express who they are. They're not allowed to be their authentic self. So you're getting yep. this... Bottled, watered down version, and it ends up not working out for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, but to your point, you know, if you're coming into an environment that doesn't really know your culture, doesn't really understand your culture, is like, how do you make that? How do you make that work? So, what's what's the middle ground? I, and I, I don't expect any of us to have the answer. It's just a question that I thought of because I know many us, many minorities, go through it. Whether you're black or Middle Eastern or whatever your descent is. We all kind of go through it in some way, shape, or form. Um, but me personally, I've always struggled to be my true, authentic self because I've all I'm used to being, you know, one of five or sometimes the only. And how do you just keep it yourself while you know?
0: Yo, it is the black man problem, right? Or one of many. (laughs) So, you know, you're not the only one, you know, how many, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I mean, can I say in a board meeting until they'd be like, who is this guy? (laughs) Right. Well, well,
1: you kind kind of went through it when you told me when you said dope, why don't you share the story when you said dope?
0: Yeah, yeah. sure. I'll tell you that story. Like probably the first couple of days I started working at Chum, you know, I'm just coming off of the fact that, you know, I came from, you know, Chicago, which is a pretty blue collar town, Um, you know, a pretty big rhythmic, um, station that's known for you know just young youth culture right so if i get on the radio at b96 and be like yo the, music, the song is dope <laughs> you know that that's just no one even gives that i mean that word might even sound old at this point dope <laughs> you know what i'm saying exactly. um <laughs> come over to chum 1045 of toronto you know and i get on the radio uh, you know as the new morning show hoax or co-host and i'm like oh yeah it was it's dope <laughs> immediately someone sends a text through oh this is too much dopeness on this radio station now. I think I'm out of here. You know, that was the, the that was, listen, people were very warm and uh, receptive when I came, but there also were people who were not so warm and receptive because I was something very, 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 very different from what they've experienced on that station in the decades. You know what I'm saying? And I get, I get that, but you know, it's it, that hurt. It annoyed me. It pissed me off. It, it uh, there were a lot of things. I mean, talking about authentic self, I'm an American in Canada, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that. Like for those, I don't know how many American viewers you have or stuff, but I I, I want people to know that, like, this is not the 51st state up here, man. This is is like you. I've never felt so American in my entire life.
1: Well, well, to be fair, though, (laughs) you you did start here during the pandemic,
0: so you haven't gotten a full I haven't gotten the full feeling. I, but I,
1: I think that will change just a little bit. But I you feel, are right.
0: I'm look I look forward to that. But I will also, but to to the credit of Canadians, I'm I'm trying to give y'all you your due. Like And it's it, it's your it's, own thing up here, you know what I'm saying?
1: It, it it is our own thing. But what I also say is, you know, you've been I'm I'm assuming here yeah. that you've been mainly around corporate up until this point. You haven't really been in the streets too much yet. Not as much as I'd like to be. Right. I think, I think I think I think that's a key point. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think once the restrictions loosen up up here, yeah, you'll start to change. You're There's definitely still going to be a difference. Yeah. But I know like I've had, you know, I've, you know, you know, my story, like I, I went to school in the States, all my family's there. So I have a lot of uh, my American friends that come up and they'll be shocked because. They were expecting, you know, uh, you know, everyone to be wearing lumberjacks and, you know,
0: <laughs> you know, right, right, you know? right, and
1: they're like, oh, there's the Gap and there's McDonald's and you know, little stuff like that, everything's right? here, <laughs> you know, you know, there's just like, oh, it's like another state, but just cleaner. But again, it's just it's just what your perception is coming in yeah. first. But I can totally understand from your vantage point, working in you know corporate radio, yeah. especially the Marilyn Dennis show. I could totally understand that the people that you're around for sure really different
0: oh yeah I mean it's a, it's a complete different like they like some people like three generations away from me you know what I'm saying so it's like yeah things I say are just like probably going over their head like what is he oh. talking about like and like likewise things they say sometimes when they call I remember somebody called at the station shortly after that started working and started talking about like they lived in a cottage that had a wood burning stove and I was just like what the hell are you talking about cottage like let me tell you something i'll tell you what's not a word in new york cottage that is not even a word i'm not even i'm not i'm dead ass that is not even a word like cottage cheese that's it like there's like what is a cottage like i was like i didn't even know what that was and then he said wood burning stove i was like where am i am i in fairy tale land like what is but like you know new environment and i i'm 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 a little more acclimated now sure yeah, so cottage.
1: See, that's why you need someone like me to be your translator, your your little code translator. So I'll be right. like, "Hey, Jamar, cottage would be like going to like the Adirondacks." There it is. <laughs> and then
0: you'd be like, "Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got, got you. I got <laughs> you. The cat skills. Boom. Now I understand. I know. <laughs> it, was, it was very. It was. Um. I'll will tell you just you know since we're on that topic I I did not expect I did not expect the culture shock that I experienced here. I thought I was just coming up to Canada. Hey, yeah, it's going to be Carabana every day, right? Like, yeah, woo! Like, I, I didn't... When I got... I was, I was like, oh... Oh, it's very different. <laughs> like, I was just so shocked at times, things I was hearing. and, and I, I, it, But, you know, to the credit of Canada and Toronto specifically, of course, it's its own city with its own culture and its own nuances. And you got to get those things. You got to understand yeah. those things. So it's all good. It's all I, good.
1: And, and to, what, to my point I was saying earlier, I think it would have been different. Your viewpoint would have been different if you came from uh, Chicago to uh, 93.5 or something like that.
0: Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It would have been a little bit different, but a little anyway. generation
0: difference there for sure.
1: hundred percent.
0: But things so, are going pretty well, actually. So, you know, I think we've, we've made a, you know, my presence there hopefully has ushered in a new generation of listeners or just a generation of listeners who are, or just really open to, you know, our generation, those conversations that we have the way we have them too. A
1: hundred percent. And I think we've had this on an offline conversation that yeah. you are, like a pioneer. And I said that because I was like, yo, people from my demographic and, you know, kind of cultural background don't really listen to Mm Chum. And so for you to be a a black man on that station is like a culture shock for the, 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 the regular uh, consumer base, but also surprising to us that's been here. Like when I tell people, when people see your face on the billboards in Toronto, they're like, they're like, they got a brother Like that's the reaction. So they're shocked too. You know what I mean? So you're, you're really, uh, you're changing the course of a huge ship there, man. So that's, that's a uh, kudos to you for that. I
0: appreciate that. And I, I, I didn't really, uh, I didn't know (laughs) to be honest with you. So uh, thank you for the kudos, but I, I was, uh, you know, I was taking a great opportunity to come to a really awesome city. Um, and, and I didn't quite calculate that big, uh, change in, um paradigm or whatever you want to call it um i was aware that it might that was probably one of the things but i didn't really understand how deep because it's it's really the narrative anyone i talk to around here it's one of the things that everyone's saying that like yo so it's so different it's and uh i just you know i i wasn't here for the the before so it 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 it's not lost on me but i'm still learning and understanding what it means uh for me to be here doing this so yeah. i appreciate that.
1: I suspect it will change over a year. I right, don't worry, I got you. <laughs> I'll make that my project. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll,
0: see, we'll see what's up.
1: Yeah, so getting into my last question, mm. um, what has been your best lesson you've learned? Um, even though you said you haven't really had failures, but if I'm going to repurpose the question, what's the best lesson that you have learned from your career, all your career moves thus far?
0: <sighs> the best lesson I've learned is... Most often, things if you are diligent about your intentions, what you want to do, if you are diligent, it will work out. And I I don't say, like, you know, I, I think when people hear, oh, it'll all work out in the end, you know, at the end of the day, everything will fall, the chips will all fall into place. Those are all those cliches that you hear. And it just sounds kind of weird to hear. It feels as if, like, things are just going to magically fall into place. And I want to kind of give it a little different context for anyone who's having some struggles with with moving forward and trying to get to the next level and and they don't know what the future Mm -hmm. holds for them. It's like this. You really are in control of your own destiny. You're not in control of when and how, but you're in control in the sense that if you are a basketball player every day shooting a foul shot and you're building that muscle memory in your hand, you're building that eye hand coordination where you've already know how hard that flick has to go to get a ball into a hoop. And you've got that down. Um, you don't know. You don't know if you're going to make it to the champions, the NBA championships, mm-hmm. but what you will know is once you get there, you can throw me the ball and I'm going to make that shot. You know I'm ready, what I'm saying? You're prepared. You're prepared. Yeah. And that's the everything all works out. That's really what the everything all works out is. And it's, it really has been the common theme of my life. And even talking to you today, I have to just think about things that have happened maybe up until a couple of days ago. And I'm just like, wow, if I had not been ready for that, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. I mean, it's, look, look at this room we're sitting in right now. I'll tell you this, this room that you all see right now, when, I, when, when my family, we bought this house and started to renovate it, the pandemic started and the house was a construction zone, a construction site. Like it was not livable mm-hmm. and we were homeless. Like we were just in a brand new country with a little baby and had nowhere to live. When Justin Trudeau was telling people to stay locked down in your house to avoid this virus, we didn't have a house. Mm. It was the worst thing you could ever imagine. It was horrible. And, you know, builders weren't finishing houses, supplies. you know, you remember the the beginning of the pandemic, you can do anything. It was Mm. nothing to do. And all that time we had nowhere to live. And this room was a construction site. It had no, it had, sh- you know, sheetrock exposed. There was a toilet seat over there. There was a toilet over there. Um, there was no floor. Um, it was nothing. It was disgusting. And this was my my room that I was supposedly getting my, my uh, you know, my studio and my turntables and everything ready. And for my big job in Toronto to come here and out here and hit the streets and get my mixtapes going and da 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 And I, th- I couldn't do it. Mm. And, it and it really... Um, weight heavy on me. Um, I'm going to try to tell this story as quickly as I can so you can get the point. Um, but I stayed at it and I just did little things here and there, little things here and there. And I said, you know, it'll happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. And then I started getting into the live streaming on Twitch, which I'm, I'm live streaming my mix shows and, you know, doing mixing and, you know, meeting people from all over the world who love music and other DJs and such. And I just kept building the room out. Like eventually world opened up, the house got built and I kept building the room out and not really knowing where it was all going, but just doing it, doing mm-hmm. it so that if I got an opportunity, um, you know, to talk to somebody that I'd have a place to do it in, you know what I'm saying? Because having it is better than not. And, you know, I'm just thinking about the fact that if I had just at some point said, man, this is too hard, it's just not going to work out. Um, certain opportunities, like for example, just a couple of days ago, I, I I got the opportunity to to interview Cardinal Official of of Toronto. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's a legend, the the legend Cardinal Cardi. And I'm just thinking about the fact that if I had at some point been like, man, this is just not going to work. It's too hard. I got this construction thing going on. Uh, it's going to be too hard to figure out how to live stream. Like, why am I even do? There, there were many weeks where I was like, why am I doing this? Like, I, I'm in this half done house. With, with not my full, you know, equipment and things, and it's just not working. But I kept at it, kept at it. And, you know, I guess what I'm saying is when I got the opportunity, I was ready. You know what I'm saying? So I guess what I'm saying is the everything falls the place happens when you make a place on the checkerboard for the piece to fall into. So I, I can't tell you when that's going to happen. I can't tell you how it's going to happen. But when something is ready to happen for you, you better be ready to receive it. Mm. So... So that, that's the everything falls into place. So once again, your question was what? It's the best question, lesson. What's the, the best, best lesson? Le- and that is the best lesson. The best lesson is, you know, I don't know what religion you, you listening to this podcast are. I don't know what religion you are. I don't know what, what beliefs you subscribe to. And I don't know if you think there's some divine force pulling strings on your behalf or whatever. But what I can definitely tell you is if you are not ready for your blessing opportunity, your shot, whatever it is. You're not going to get it, but if you're ready, when you get that opportunity, you will probably make it.
1: Man, that, that's a home run. That's that's Joe Carter. You know who Joe Carter is?
0: Yes, <laughs> you like that. <laughs> I love that.
1: I'm just testing your Toronto. Thank you. Yeah, I do. heard that name. I'm just sure. trying to make sure that you were prepared. You know thank, that you, you. thank you. And you know, I think you just you you said it so well. And basically, you know, Nipsey Hussle said, you know, preparation is key. And, um, you know, not to get all bumper stickerish here, but there's a quote that says, luck is when opportunity meets preparedness. So the way you get lucky in life is to be prepared. So when that opportunity comes up, you get that chance.
0: 100%. It, so, it, it, 100%. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't say that point loudly enough for you. So anyone listening, trying to figure out how to get their opportunity, um, you create your own luck. That's what they say.
1: Awesome, man. And there's one thing I'll bring up that you said when I had you on uh, Clubhouse uh, a few months ago that that resonated with me. And I asked you, you know, you know, what would you tell your 18 year old self? And I don't know if you want to repeat it. I don't know if you know if you even remember it. But Uh,
0: I think I know what I said. Why don't you tell me what I said?
1: Well, I'll tell you what I got from it.
0: Okay. And you
1: said I would tell my 18 year old self, figure out what you're organically good at.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Figure out a way to master it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Figure out someone, and then I added to it. Figure out someone who's already doing it to like seek out mentorship that you can yes. learn from. Yes, and then figure out a way to make money from it.
0: One hundred percent. Like it's you know coming coming from an immigrant family, doctor, lawyer, right? <laughs> going to be a doctor. My son the doctor. My son the lawyer. But not everyone's going to be a doctor or lawyer. Um. Mm-hmm. So not that that my my mother and my father were pushing me to be that but i i don't know if i necessarily got the ins- explicit instructions to pursue this hey you got something here go with that i didn't get those explicit ex- instructions but some something in me told me to do it anyway but i feel like if i had done that differently i would have probably pursued my goals i've done pretty well but i think if i got the explicit instructions hey hey you're you're really good at that or i see something here let's really let's work with that i probably would have done things a little differently would save myself a little time maybe like in my university years i would have saved a little time and some money you know um so i would say yes 18 year old self really hone in on what is your dna what is pulsing through your dna what is pulsing through your veins what is it that you are wired for the best and do that i don't care if it's taking out trash i don't care if it's waiting tables or Building restaurants, whatever it is that probably is a thing that you do the best or are wired for, you should do that. Make money from it. The other thing that I tell myself uh, too is chill out. Chill out. I would chill out. I've, I like I said, you know, with this story about what how I was in Miami. I I, I was I was pretty. I don't know how I'm perceived to be right now, but I, there was a time in my life where I was pretty high strung. Mm. And I would I would tell and I still have little moments of it where I'm just like freaking out and just like not all in my head and trying to like just having these weird conversations with myself. I would say chill out, chill out and just stay the course.
1: No, man, I think you, you hit all the right notes. Of course, I wasn't expecting anything less. And the one thing I do want to point out what you're saying is when you're talking about your 18 year old self, you know, when you're figuring out what you're naturally or organically good at is knowing what that feeling feels like. And so to me, uh-huh. when you said that, you know, I had to break it down. I'm, I like to over, I'm an overanalyzer. You'll learn this about me, right? One okay. of okay. my Achilles heels, but can serve me well in other areas. And so when I was reflecting on that, it was just like, okay, so what, what is that feeling? And that feeling when I broke it down was that whatever bothers you in, in the sense that when you wake up, it's the first thing you think about when yeah. you go to sleep it's one of the things you, you think about it, 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 it pulls, it nags at you. It's always, yeah. it's present. You see signs, you, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's like an, a, a reoccurring theme thought, whatever you want to call it that whatever that is, that is your thing. And that's what you have to learn how to master. That's what you need to seek out a mentor in. That's yeah. what you need to figure out how to make money. In.
0: And it's also Corey, it not, it's not just that. Cause I think that's an important part of it, but it's also the joy. Mm. what brings you joy and don't get, don't get um, on yourself. It's if it's, if there's something that brings you joy, that might sound weird to people, or maybe people might write it off, you know, have a conversation with yourself and be like, I, I know that they don't get it, but I get it. And that's all that matters. When I was in university, man, you know what I used to love more than anything? Partying. Like I loved to party. Like on a Monday morning after a long weekend, walking to school, I'd be thinking about all the parties I went to on the weekend and being like, yo, they had this big party in the dorm room here. And then they'd had this party at the student union here. When's the next party? Who's throwing the next? And I loved to party. And, and not because I love to get drunk and be ridiculous, because I loved the energy of being in a room with a bunch of people who love the same song, love music. I loved the planning of a party, I love getting into. It. I loved watching the guy taking tickets, getting a, getting the wristband to get into. Par- I used to love those things. Just, I used to collect the wristbands, like just. To get- and if I had thought, if I really had an honest, honest conversation with myself, it's like, yo, I love the entertainment industry. That's what I, that's what I would. If I had the the right conversation with myself or with somebody who was encouraging me to just go with my natural joy, someone said, "Bro, you're you're a, you're a club promoter." You know that, that it would have just been that simple. Mm. Um, and I eventually found myself into the industry um, because I'm kind of just stubborn and be like, I'm going to do my own thing because that's how I am. But I, you know, as I raise my son, I'm going to be looking at him and you know, even if it looks like something that's uh, ridiculous or some may think of it as foolishness, nothing's foolishness. It's who you are and you should honor who you are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm.
1: Wise words, wise words from a wise man. So, Jamar, where can people find you on- online, on social? Where can they find you?
0: Um, check me out. My Instagram handle is 6ix, like Toronto, 6jamar, J-A-M-A-R. And um, you can check me out mornings on Chum from 5 to 9 p.m. at Chum1045. Um, yeah, those are the best ways to find me. I'm pretty easy to find. If, you are, listen, if you're new to the platform, get up on Twitch. is um, a free app that you can download and watch all types of really cool content and live streaming content, including people like myself who DJ on Twitch. I'm at J-N-I-I-C-E at J-Nice.
1: Awesome. Well, guys, that does it for this episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem. And as I always like to end with, you know, if you want to impress people, uh, talk about the things you have, your accomplishments, things like that. But if you really want to have an impact on somebody's life, talk about your failures, the, the lessons you learned from the experiences that weren't so favorable to your life. That's how you really move the needle in someone else's life. So with that being said, guys, that's the end of today's podcast. Jamar and I are out. Peace and love to the next time.
0: Thank you so much.